0: Welcome, Bird Gang, on today's show. Coaches don't like change. They like to prepare for the known, not the unknown. And there was a big unknown in that first meeting with the 49ers. That won't be the case this time around. Cardinals know Jimmy Garoppolo, and they'll be more ready should Trey Lance see the field. First, though, day two of Ankle Watch. It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 490, and it starts
1: now.
0: Murray returned, and it certainly turned a lot of heads, MJ. Craig, which practice were you watching? Murray was on the practice field. Justin Murray was on the practice field. I
1: was going to say, we were watching the same thing. I didn't see uh, K1 out there. A little bit different as far as stature.
0: Yes, Justin Murray, offensive lineman, Kyler Murray, quarterback. There was a Murray on the field. There was a Murray on the field, just not the one that people are hoping or waiting to see. And we still don't know what's going to happen on Sunday. But no, Kyler Murray was not present again during the open portion of practice. And. It would not surprise me, and we talked about this on Wednesday's edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. We might not even see him on Friday, and I still hold out hope that he would be available come Sunday.
1: Yeah, clearly when he's not on the field, and we don't know what happens during the uh, open portion of practice because there have been times last year that Hop would come out there after we uh, were in the uh, press room. So it would be interesting to see on Friday if he's just – out there now according to the people that were in the press conference, uh, we were listening to it, um, didn't look like his leg or his ankle was swollen. Um, I don't know if he was walking with a limp or just a little ginger. So I you know, I I am gonna wait till tomorrow. I mean I, I think he can get mental reps and they've maintained that he can play without practicing during the week.
0: Yes. And you just want to make sure that he's able to protect himself as far as if he does Need to move around, scramble or whatever. You don't want to take away something of his outside of maybe the design runs. Eliminate that out of the playbook. Just make sure he has the ability
1: to buy time and scramble out of pressure. If if we read the Teeleys, on Friday, there was I don't think the report came out until Sunday with Jay Glazer. But Friday, you know the fact that he did walk out of the stadium in a walking boot, and we know that you know he was walking with a, a little bit of a limp going to the sidelines when he was going to the locker room. And then, you know, maybe Monday was more like Kyler's not going to be able to play. He could be out one, two, three weeks. And then Glazier says, well, if he can practice, uh, then he plays. On Monday, it seemed like it was trending to Colt McCoy. Would you agree with that?
0: I would, just based off of what we had at in the immediacy as far as what we had in front of us. And then you get out on the practice field and you hear from the head coach. You hear from Kyler Murray himself. And, hey, he sounded confident. He sounded like he is going to play, and until we don't see number one on the football field Sunday, that's just – and I think that's the looking at some of what is coming out of San Francisco and reading some of the quotes from 49ers personnel, specifically their defense and linebacker Fred Warner, they're fully expecting to see Kyler Murray come Sunday.
1: Yeah, I mean, you got to prepare for both. Um, he may start, and then we'll see what happens if he can – you know, play all 60 minutes, or four quarters. But, yeah, I mean, I, I mean it's, Cardinals are going to prepare for Jimmy Garoppolo. They already prepared for Trey Lance. Um, he was active last week, and Vance Joseph mentioned on Thursday he does think they're going to have some packages for him. So you got to cover it, you know, if you spend an extra half hour. Obviously, Shanahan has a lot of insight on Colt McCoy. You know, Dameka Ryans has been around the league a long time. So, yeah, and we could wake up on Sunday morning and we get a national report from Glazer or Schefter or Rappaport where – We could know, but I think it's going to be really come Sunday. How did the organization feel, and do they feel like he's not – going to uh, further damage himself, and then they got to make that decision.
0: You brought up Colt McCoy. We haven't had a chance to talk a lot about him. Maybe we will later on this week when you break down the matchup with your three keys to victory and the X Factor. But we had a chance on Thursday to hear from Zach Ertz. He's new to the team, yet you get the sense that he is fully – prepared and confident if McCoy has to be that guy under center we also heard from Marcus Golden and he reminded everyone that Golden and McCoy were teammates in 2020 for part of that season in New York with the Giants so there is some familiarity and according to Golden if McCoy has to play quote I know he'll be ready end quote and that's what we've heard from Kingsbury as well, and that's to be expected considering McCoy is a veteran. Maybe not quite up to speed with the offense like a Kyler Murray, but this is year three for Murray, year one. It's half a season for Colt McCoy, but there is a lot of confidence in that locker room that the Cardinals will be just fine if it is Colt McCoy on Sunday.
1: And Kingsbury did say the offense would change. Now, I don't think the concept of the offense would change, but maybe you would see Colt McCoy under center. I don't think you'll see Colt McCoy running the RPOs, um, but again, uh, to me, when you're under center and you got a guy like Chase Edmonds and and James Conner, you don't have to worry about you know waiting for the the zone reads. is a defensive end going to come backside to tackle here. You just hand it off and go. So, and you know, I'm not saying they won't throw the ball down the field. Obviously, missing AJ Green's a big target. Um, you know, and, and Antoine Wesley, he's going to get an opportunity here. Um, just and I anticipate Isabella. Now, the good news for Wesley, he gets a ton of reps on Wednesday when Hop's not practicing, and then on Thursday, kind of a veteran half day for A.J. Green when he was here. So he's getting a lot of reps. He caught a ball last week. He's that big target. And then you look at Andy Isabella. I mean, you got, uh, I don't. I don't think they'll bring up. Or let me let, 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 before you get to that. You're getting, you're getting too,
0: yeah. too, going too fast for me here, MJ. Okay. Just let me let me pause okay. uh, on that because we need to let everyone know what's going on with AJ Green. He and Demetrius Harris placed on the reserve COVID-19 list on Wednesday. So unless either or both have back-to-back negative tests within 24 hours, they can return. But if that doesn't happen, then both will not be on the field on Sunday. Also, DeAndre Hopkins. Once again, not seen during the open portion of practice. Still dealing with that hamstring. So that gets us back to what happens as far as what this team decides to do at the wide receiver position. If you have Hopkins, even at less than 100%, then on the opposite side with no A.J. Green, it would make a simple slide in Antoine Wesley because it was Wesley who played a majority of the snaps when Hopkins was out last Thursday. So that would seem to be an easy solution. If you don't have Hopkins and you don't have Green, the depth chart lists Wesley as Hopkins' backup, Isabella's as Green's backup. So it's a one-for-one as opposed to sliding Christian Kirk or Rondell Moore to the outside. Yes, they can do it, but it goes back to, hey, the less moving parts, the better. Keep guys in their known roles and just elevate the backups to a starter position.
1: Yeah, and the thing is, if you're not familiar, um, Antoine Wesley did play for Cliff at Texas Tech, so he was very similar to the offense. I mean, I think obviously they've had new wrinkles, and he wore 33 early in training camp, and he was catching everything. And then obviously, I don't know if it was COVID or he got an injury, and then he was able to return. And, and based on what they thought about him and also playing on special teams, I think that was one of the reasons why they let Keyshawn Johnson go, because they felt like he has more upside. They had two years with Keyshawn Johnson. They gave him every opportunity. Um, There were times where he wasn't getting separation. I thought he was decent in camp, um, but that was the reason why. So, you know, again, I I like Wesley's size. Uh, I I just, you know, big target. It doesn't seem like it's too big for him now. Uh, Obviously, his snap count's going to go up. We'll see about Hopkins on Friday. Um, Is he out there? It's more of a kind of a glorified walkthrough, even though they like to have good tempo uh, and practice, but obviously, you know, you have a clear walkthrough on Saturday. So, yeah, we always say hop, don't miss games, but uh, there are to a point in the season where it's a long season and you just got to make sure this stuff doesn't linger.
0: Wesley at six foot four, that big frame. He had his first ever NFL catch last Thursday, and I'm sure he would love more thrown his way. And I do think even if you do have a DeAndre Hopkins on the left side, maybe they limit the number of snaps he has. He only played 15 against the Packers, but during those 15, you have to account for him. So, is there a way? that a less than 100% DeAndre Hopkins, even on one leg, is good enough and able to be not a decoy, but something that the 49ers would then have to account for.
1: Yeah, and, and I do think, you know, Zach Ertz, I want to say if you combine both games, he's had over 40 yards. Of course, he had the, the long uh, touchdown, for uh, longest in his career. I got to think, just Colt McCoy... And and, and Zach Ertz, I mean, that could be, you know, Fred Warner's a really good inside linebacker. Um, We'll see if they can get a push up front. But I would think Zach Ertz would be a nice safety valve for Colt McCoy. Just, you know, again, Warner's a really good player, but he may have to roll out. We know Ertz is is still trying to figure out the offense, but he does run good routes. He catches the ball in traffic. So if I'm a quarterback, whether it's Kyler or Colt McCoy, that's going to be my safety net going against the 49ers because – you know, uh, you know, not to get off topic, but everything we heard about Chandler Jones and everyone else. Marcus Golden said that, that, that Aaron Rodgers got rid of the ball so quick, so maybe we should just wait and see. But I, I, think, I think Zach Ertz could be a guy that just takes a little pressure off a quarterback, regardless of Murray's mobile or not. And for Colt McCoy, it's just more move the sticks.
0: And you can have... Either Ertz as a quick screen or down the middle or just coming across the middle because the middle hopefully will be a little bit more open given the number of options that Kyler Murray or Colt McCoy have at their disposal. The Andy Isabella, not issue, but having him, the, the wrinkle, I guess, because he's been inactive each of the past three weeks and four of the last five. He has not seen. He might have been on the field for maybe a handful of offensive snaps if that but that's why he is on this roster, for depth purposes. He's not better than an Antoine Wesley or Rondell Moore or Christian Kirk, but you kept him around
1: because of depth, and that depth is going to be tested this week. No doubt about it. And he missed two preseason games because of COVID. Uh, I thought he really uh, excelled in the practices. I mean, he could see the speed. I know when I say here and say he's got to do it in the game, though. When the ball's thrown to him, he's got to catch it. We know about the speed, and you can't teach that. But if you're, if you're Cliff, you really can roll out four wide with Chase Edmonds in the backfield. You know, whether it's Wesley, and then you throw in Isabella, and then Rondo Moore and Kirk. I mean, and that will limit some of Hops snaps. But, again, I think it's all mental with Andy. Uh, he's got the physical attributes. Um, when he gets in the open field he should be able to you know get to the end zone but it's just more about when the ball comes to you you have to be able to catch it fluently and run up the field um, but i know that they're kind of they're always they're always been intrigued with him but just we haven't seen it on a consistent basis
0: one other option and potential move for the cardinals to make on saturday is to elevate greg dorch from the practice squad to the active roster he was one of four players the cardinals protected this week and Dorch, another one of those guys that flashed in training camp and was big on special teams with respect to the return game, and they've kept him around in the
1: events, and that might be this week. Yeah, that's a good call because that means Hop would be out if he's up, right?
0: Or and, or just to make sure, because even if Hop is active, but you know, plays- if something yeah, if something happens or he can't go the full game, then you at least have. You know some backups, but it's it, and it also depends on how else the rest of the roster is come Sunday morning as far as health and where you need certain guys versus another spot.
1: Yeah, because I I would assume Enos going to be up. Jonathan Ward hasn't been able to practice. He plays on teams. He use him as a gunner. Um If Kyler's healthy, probably only dress two quarterbacks. Yeah, that would be so. Can you can yeah. you can go six there? Tight ends probably dress two or three. And then you got to go eight linemen. So, yeah, it'll be interesting when we get the uh, inactive list just based on. But Dorich is him and Pacelli, they really flash. But Dorch just for some reason, he's, he has the ability to catch a ball in traffic, and he's physical. He really stood out.
0: He did, and I liked what he had, but still a young player yeah. learning the National Football League game. As far as the tight end position with Harris out, you've got Ertz and Darrell Daniels. David Wells on the practice squad. He was protected this week. And Ross Travis, who we were big fans of, was released from the practice squad earlier this week. Again, we're talking here on Thursday. There's still two days before decisions need to be made. Now, how we began this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai Proud, partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Yes, Murray was on the field. Justin Murray, designated to return He has been out since week three at Jacksonville because of a back injury he suffered in the first half of that contest. And no, it was not on the pick six. He was hurt on the series before that. But Murray back perhaps this week along with a Rodney Hudson max garcia there are three new pieces all of a sudden that this offensive line has now how do they fit what does sean kugler decide to do that we'll have to wait and see what happens on sunday
1: yeah i am just going to go back to what kugler said just how impressed they were with max garcia learning that position yeah obviously it's not rodney hudson Uh, there's going to be a drop off from from garcia to harlow but this will allow them to plug Max Garcia at right guard and then now you got Justin Murray if if he's, you know, conditioning wise. Then you got Josh Jones. And, you know, basically you can you can dress, hey guys, so they'll have some flexibility when it comes to the backups where these guys are playing in recent weeks.
0: I like that word. Flexibility. And then if something doesn't work out, you have other options as far as moving guys in with Sean Harlow last week he was he was it yeah you could have put Justin Pugh in there or Kelvin Beacham and in a in an emergency situation but now things quote unquote back to normal if you will along that offensive line hopefully
1: besides besides right guard you basically have four of your five starters that started the season who they were really excited about and you know Josh Jones again uh, I'm, you know he's got a lot to grow in he's got a, I didn't realize he he, he needs to g- gain some weight. He's kind of light in the pants. That's why I think he's getting back. I didn't notice that last year, but when you see him g- – now he's going against really good defensive tackles. That's Those guys get paid to create pressure and get the quarterback off his spot. But – I don't know if he's a guard or tackle, but that's the beauty of some of these guys. They can play multiple positions.
0: On the other side of the line of scrimmage, the one note from Thursday's practice, Rashard Lawrence not spotted during the open portion. He was limited on Wednesday with a calf injury, and we haven't seen him play for the past two weeks. And it's not encouraging Bird Gang when the defensive coordinator, Vance Joseph, when asked about Lawrence says, quote, we have to figure out a way to keep him on the field. End quote. Obviously, a setback on Wednesday. Is it severe enough to where he doesn't play this week? Who knows? We still have a couple of days before that week nine matchup at San Francisco, but it is does not sound very good for Rashard Lawrence, and I was I was excited about his return, Corey Peters, and just that rotation along that defensive line.
1: Well, go back to week one, and Vance alluded to it on Thursday. He was our starting nose tackle. That, that, that's how much they thought about him. Now, uh, Based on him being, quote, limited in practice and, and then obviously not being at a practice on Thursday, there could be a little bit of setback, just speculating there. Um, the good news is, as you mentioned, Peters is back. Uh, I think Josh Morrill is an option. Michael Dogby, Leckie. Um, you look at Zach Allen. So uh, in a perfect world, you like to have him out there. But at the same time, I think that they have enough um, rotation guys where they should be able to get through this game.
0: All right, so that's what happened on Thursday. With the big headline, yes, Murray back <laughs> at practice. I'm sorry, I, I just I had to do it you're, just because you
1: know you're teasing our, our listeners out
0: there. Hey, when Justin Murray was placed on injured reserve, the headline that came across my email was Murray placed on injured reserve, and everyone started flipping out for a little bit. But yeah, <laughs> I, make well, sure you read the entire
1: yeah. email, not just the headline. Well, the headline wants you to click sometimes, but yeah, I I, I didn't I wasn't aware of that. I, when I looked at, it, I just figured it was Justin Murray. But when you <laughs> when you told me about, it, I'm like, oh, I can see somebody saying, no, no. Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's look at this matchup. Week nine, Cardinals at the 49ers. Levi's Stadium is the site on Sunday. Kickoff scheduled for 2:25, 9:30 a.m. Pre-game coverage begins on the Arizona Cardinals radio network on Wednesday. We talked about the 49ers defense here on Thursday. Let's talk about the 49ers' offense, to which Marcus Golden called nasty football. Now, he was specifically talking about the 49ers' run game, and he was meant in all respects because down and dirty, run between the tackles, pound the ball. That is what the 49ers historically have done, and that is what is expected this week considering that Jimmy Garoppolo is is back at quarterback, and the Cardinals don't have to worry about a lot of Trey Lance. Maybe a package or two, but more times than not, it's going to be Jimmy Garoppolo at center.
1: Yeah, I mean, they, they were on a four-game losing streak. They lost to the Packers, Seahawks, Cardinals, and Colts, and then they go to Chicago. And, you know, no Khalil Mack out there, but, you know, Chicago's known for their defense, especially when you get to this time of the year. But uh, I thought they that looked like the Jimmy Garoppolo under uh, under Kyle Shanahan. He didn't throw for a touchdown. They had two design runs, Craig, that he scored rushing touchdowns on. And then you look at Eli, uh, Elijah Mitchell. I mean, three times this year he's gone over 100 yards. The last two weeks he's gone over 100 yards rushing. And, he again, it doesn't matter who you plug and play there. And a lot of it is that outside zone read. And in, in, in Vance talked about it on Thursday, tackling, tackling. They were That was the worst game of the season when it came to tackling and getting to that second layer. And then we'll, we'll go through their, their wideouts and – you know, I guess the reports are George Kittle is is getting closer, but we don't have an official thing there. And he's always a matchup problem. And really, it's Kyle Uzcheck, a fullback, who they'll put out in motion against a, a, an inside linebacker like Jordan Hicks. And then Kittle, um, he has the ability to block, chip. In release, and that's where your safeties are going to have to be, uh, you know, on their peace and coups And I would anticipate Isaiah Simmons could draw that assignment
0: because if they do activate Kittle this week, he has been designated to return. He's been on injured reserve dealing with a calf injury, but he has been back at practice. The window has been open for running back Jeff Wilson as well. Now, whether they are available this Sunday, we'll have to wait and see. But it does. Certainly not complicate matters, but make that 49ers offense a lot different if you have a George Kittle on the football field. And keep in mind, Elijah Mitchell dealing with a rib injury. He, something that, you know, limited him on Wednesday, and we'll see how that plays a factor the rest of the week. But you're talking about a sixth-round draft pick out of Louisiana, a rookie who last week had his best game as a pro, 137 rushing yards, but it's 129 after contact, which goes back to what you mentioned about Coach Joseph talking about the tackling. Jordan Hicks brought it up postgame. They knew exactly what the Packers wanted to do and were going to do. Cardinals this week know exactly what the 49ers want to do and are going to do, but you still have to execute, and it was the issue of execution tackling and getting out of your gaps. That was the big problem for the Cardinals against the Packers.
1: Well, and it, it was interesting because the Cardinals did the same thing to to the, the Titans. Did the same thing, you know, late in the game to the Jags. Did the same thing against the Rams. And, and we, I would tweet out, they know they're running and you still can't stop them. Once again, we hear gap integrity, gap discipline. Uh, J.J. Watt was not out there, so that you can't, you can't blame him for freelancing. Um they just got to win at the line of scrimmage. You can't get pushed back, and then these guys get to the second level, and all of a sudden, you know, they got to make a business decision. And, and Trey Sermon's a big back, and Mitchell, he's, he's he's looks like he's you know got some some thickness to his lower extremities, so. Um, but, again, they're going to run their offense. We know about the bootlegs. We know about the uh, the waggle plays. We know about uh, the, the motion and shifting. And I thought Mar- uh, Marcus Golden in advance said it's all about your eyes here. you got to keep your eyes on them because you can get confused pre-snap versus post-snap.
0: Buda Baker had an interesting comment at the start of the week when everyone kind of assumed, and nothing's really official, but based off of his performance on Sunday, Jimmy Garoppolo, there's no reason to not have him start this week. But according to Baker, with Garoppolo, the 49ers, quote, have a normal run game we're used to seeing, end quote. Let's flash back to week five, that first meeting against the 49ers. Trey Lance gets the start, had 89 rushing yards, and by my count, 11 of his 16 carries were designed runs. 11 design runs, five scrambles. He only passed the ball for 192 yards, and Coach Joseph was very honest that week. He much preferred to prepare and scheme against Jimmy Garoppolo because one it's the known and two he's a pocket passer with Trey Lance not a lot of film plus it was one read and then I'm gone I'm gonna run and that's difficult to defend now for a week or two sure but it's not sustainable on the National Football League
1: no and and I think when when the Niners are able to run the ball like they do and then the way de- uh Debo Samuel's playing, and in Muhammad Sanu and, and Brandon Ayuga kind of rounding out the wide receiver position. All of a sudden, you know, that's where they called those two design runs for Garoppolo. I mean, all because you, you got you got eye candy on the outside, and you think they're just going to hand the ball off, but there were two design runs again. He didn't have any passing touchdowns, but that's a great observation from Buddha because I thought the same thing. That looked like the offense when they acquired Jimmy Garoppolo for a second-round pick. Based off of. Just the Shanahan yeah. offense. I mean, it doesn't really. I mean, the tight end and fullback are, are huge addition. I mean, they're huge uh, matchups for other teams. But the fact that you had another young running back, fresh legs, and then you had some, 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 uh, you know, Debo Samuel, he's been hard to cover. So that offense looked like the same offense they've had when they acquired Jimmy Garoppolo, to me. It's a small sample. Again, they're coming off a four-game losing streak. It's a lot
0: of motion pre-snap, yeah. and Coach Joseph brought up the phrase, steal your eyes. They want you to look elsewhere or stop and just kind of, you know, you know what you're supposed to do, and all of a sudden you see a flash and there's movement, and you're like, okay, well, then I need to react. No, 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 no. That, that's, as you would like to say, that's just eye candy. Continue to stay what you're supposed to do, know your role, execute, and you'll be okay. But it comes back to that tackling. And Coach Joseph brought up being better on first and second down. And what did we discuss Friday morning after the Packers' loss? The Green Bay Packers averaged four and a half yards a play on first down, which opens up the playbook on second and third down to the point where you couldn't have Chandler Jones, Marcus Golden get after Aaron Rodgers though Golden was pretty specific that Aaron Rodgers is getting the ball out very quickly on Thursday night and quicker than he has in the past. So that was also part of that Packers game plan. But if you're better on first and second down, third and long, then all of a sudden you can, as a defense, pin your ears back and get after that ball carrier, or the quarterback in this case.
1: Yeah, and Vance has been very consistent on first down, and you had a great stat earlier in the week, 4.5 yards, and all of a sudden you're at second and six to get a couple more yards. So first and second down, put them in third and long, it doesn't become a manageable rundown because maybe they're going to have to throw the ball, and that's where they can get to the quarterback. But I'm I'm glad that you know, uh, the coaches and players realize that when it came to Aaron Rodgers, he gets rid of the ball quickly. Um, they are moving Chandler Jones around, and he's coming off COVID. And I did say I mentioned on Monday. I want to give him the benefit of the doubt because it's just a matter of time. Now, when I say that, he's going up against one of the best left tackles in football, and Trent Williams.
0: This week, this week, and that was your. Matchup. If I remember correctly your ex. The the key matchup, the X factor. Back when we were talking about week
1: five. Yeah, and and, and, and you look at Muhammad Sanu, Craig, he had f- four targets, three catches for 59 yards. Uh, Ayuk was targeted seven times, four catches for 45 yards. So they are spreading the ball around, and maybe George Kittle, if he plays, will get some of those targets.
0: It's just interesting because when you look with respects to the receivers of the 49ers, there is a huge separation between Samuel what he has done versus everyone else and it reminds me of a year ago it was DeAndre Hopkins and then you had to keep scrolling down there was who else it's DeAndre Hopkins and who and it's almost gotten to that point with the 49ers because Samuel has the most receiving yards in 49ers history in the first seven games he has 819 receiving yards this season which Beats a record that was held by Jerry Rice. So he is getting the job done. But then you look, the second leading receiver, George Kittle, has almost 600 fewer receiving yards. Mohamed Sanu, the second receiver behind Samuel, 647 fewer receiving yards than Samuel. So it is, I wouldn't say, well, it is. It's a top-heavy offense with respect to the pass catchers. But they are trying to spread the ball around. But more times than not, the quarterback, in this case Jimmy Garoppolo,
1: is going to look for Samuel. Yeah, he's averaging uh, nine targets a game, six catches, 171 yards. That that 171 yards. So that's number one in the NFL. Nine targets, six catches for a buck 75, buck 71. He's number one, and he's averaging 18.6. Now, a lot of them have been – you know maybe a screen pass or an out pass and he just runs off to the races i mean he's able to get to the secondary and you know he's fast it kind of reminds me of Isaiah Simmons in the open field he's just long and he's got he got great stride so that may be a little bit misleading but he does have an 83 yard touchdown this year 83 yards so that you could see it's a little deceiving on the 8.6 18.6 but you got to make sure you keep him in front of you
0: the good news is the cardinals did an excellent job on Samuel in the first meeting. He was targeted nine times, only had three catches for 58 yards. So there is some success there for that Cardinals defense. And
1: If I'm not mistaken, they use him in the Wildcat.
0: Correct. And he was able to score there, correct? That was the one touchdown that the 49ers yep. had. Yep. It was with Samuel running 13 yards for the score in the third quarter.
1: Kind of like James Conner, direct snap. Once they get once they get going, it's hard to stop those guys. So that that's another thing. But again, uh, I think everyone's anticipating Trey Lance will get a, a few uh, plays and. You wouldn't think they were tipping their hand, but he does have the ability to to kind of escape the pocket and and make things happen. And that's where you have to plaster your coverage in the secondary. You you can't let those guys get open because you think he's going to run.
0: And I think with Samuel, the matchup to pay attention to is Byron Murphy. The two are very good friends. Murphy talked very highly and was very respectful of Samuel earlier in the week. But you go back to that one-on-one matchup in week five, the advantage went to Murphy. Now, can it be, again, considering Samuel, that was a down game for him in week five, but he's coming off an excellent contest against the Bears. In fact,
1: he was named the NFC Offensive Player of the Week. Well-deserving. And I think the other key matchup is going to be, besides Jones and Williams, you mentioned Murph and uh, Samuel, is Alex Mack. We talked about Alex Mack. If they couldn't get Rodney Hudson, we I didn't know the relationship with Kyle Shanahan. He's 35 years old. He is playing really well. I mean, again, based on last week, uh, but he's getting to that second layer, and that's where Corey Peters is going to come in hand. So Corey's big enough where he you he, he may not be able to get to the quarterback, but you're going to have a hard time pushing him back. And so Alex Mack, their center, Um, You know, it seems like they they like what he's done, even though he is 35 years old.
0: Overall, the 49ers offensively ranked number 13. They are sixth in averaging 6.1 yards per play, the 11th best rushing offense, 15th best passing offense, but certainly coming off the high, of Garoppolo throwing for a season-high 322 yards and rushing for a career-high two touchdowns last week in Chicago, beating the Bears 33-22. So if you believe in momentum, and we do here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Others don't. We do. The 49ers are coming in with a little bit ahead of steam, if you will, and certainly looking, even though they are sub-500, they don't believe themselves to be out of the race. And if you are getting Garoppolo playing well, the return of George Kittle, then all of a sudden maybe they can make, or they hope they can make some noise in the second half of the season.
1: Yeah, I, I, I mean, this is a game where you kind of get right. Uh, all of a sudden you win back to back games. Um, you know, that's, and I don't have their schedule in front of me, but the thing is. Um, they haven't scored a ton of points, and I'm looking at their rushing. They're very similar to the um, – their rushing is 123.7 yards per game. Cardinals, on the other hand, very similar, but it seems like the Niners' rush defense is obviously a lot better than the Cardinals' rush uh, rushed, um, rushing offense.
0: So that's something to pay yeah. attention to and watch, but – that's, you know, they're they're scoring 24 points a game. It's what the Packers scored, and that's what they scored on Thursday to win that ball game. The 49ers don't score a ton of
1: points, right. but they do have the capability, i.e. last week against the Bears. And Josh Norman had a late uh, interception on just field. Cardinals are averaging 128 uh, yards on the ground, giving up 120, which is not ranked, I want to say 19th, is 31st.
0: The Cardinals per rushing attempts they are 31st they're 20th overall though defending the run right so as far as rushing yards it's
1: kind per of carry. They're both kind of even in San Francisco has given up about 122 yards a game on the ground so kind of a wash but we know that it's a lot of uh shifting in motion again um I'm not worried about this team coming off the loss uh, I I sense the uh, the focus they know it's at stake here it's a division game um it's a road game and Uh, they've won four-row games, so uh, they're ready for business. And uh, obviously having your best players out there is going to go a long way, and we'll just have to wait and see when we get to Sunday.
0: It always comes back to the line of scrimmage. Who can win? that battle and for the Cardinals defensively can you get some pressure can you blow up some plays and yes no J.J. Watt but it was interesting to hear Vance Joseph talk about Jordan Phillips and how well he has played since his return quote in the run game he can take two gaps and in the pass game he can push the pocket end quote
1: that's what you want here and it's obviously what you want to see. You remember when they signed him, I'm like wow, this guy's like a tree out there especially when he puts his arms up and if they, you know it's it's really a timing thing um, he's deflected balls already and, and if Garoppolo wants to throw that little touch pass over him he has the ability, but I, you know Early, early when he was practicing, I'm like, man, he, he looks like he's got to get, you know, in shape and everything. But he's given him a spark. And when we talked about it all, all offseason, they need Jordan Phillips uh, not to be the guy that's going to st- fill the statue, but he's going to make guys around him better because he's so big. And the fact that he can split a double team or he's cr- creating double teams. So th- there's a reason why they went out and signed him. They feel like, you know, hopefully the best is, uh, for him is in the future here. Uh, let alone, you know, next year. It's more this year.
0: His play becomes so much more important now yes. because of the absence of J.J. Watt. Not that they're the same player, but a year ago, two years ago in the offseason, you went out and got Jordan Phillips for a specific reason, and we weren't able to see it in 2020. We're starting to see it now here in 2021.
1: Yeah, and, and – and, Zach Allen, I mean, he's ready He's ready to take off. I mean, I, I'm not saying he's going to replace J.J. Watt. Uh, again, I, I like the D-line. I mean, I, I wish Richard Lawrence was in there because they, they projected him to be the star. He's got the body type. And then, you know, I like Dogby. I think he plays, um, you know, physical, and he can, he can kind of squeeze through there. And in the front seven, I mean, we never talk about Canard setting the edge. According to Vance Joseph, he's playing well. Um, I think uh, Marcus Golden probably gets some more um, snaps here. Even though you got Chandler and then, you know, you look at uh, Dennis Gardeck. i got to think his packages are going to – because all of a sudden they bring that NASCAR package and you got pass rushers that can win one-on-one matches. And basically what Vance is doing, I'm bringing more than you can block.
0: You might see Kennard play more this week because of the 49ers run game. And Coach Joseph did acknowledge that Kennard needs to play more. He's earned – more snaps as far as setting the edge we don't really look at him as far as rushing the quarterback he did have back-to-back seven sack seasons his final two seasons in Detroit but perhaps because of the 49ers ground game and if it does become more of a ground battle does Kennard take some snaps away from a Chandler Jones or Marcus Golden because of his ability talking about Kennard to set the edge and help the interior
1: yeah, and, you know, we know Vance comes up with different packages, and as long as uh, Zayvon Collins is healthy, uh, you know, he dealt with a shoulder injury, and, and then you got Isaiah Simmons and Jordan Hicks, I think the the Cardinals' front seven against their offensive line is, like you said, the game's one in the trenches. So you may not see much as much as Robert Alford out there where you have your two corners and Wilson and Byron Murphy and he had the matchup, and then obviously Jalen Thompson or Isaiah can slide over. Um, but I think the Cardinals' front seven is going to have to win that matchup. Not every down, but just c- kind of contain them, and that's the reason why you got a guy like Zavin Collins, Isaiah Simmons, and Jordan Hicks in the middle. So different packages. Obviously, the, you know, they'll, they'll make uh, in-game adjustments. We know at halftime they always make adjustments, and you start to see it in the, th- in the third and fourth quarter.
0: And Coach Joseph was very clear when talking about defending the run that you cannot use injuries – as an excuse it doesn't matter that J.J. Watt wasn't on the field it doesn't matter you lost Savin Collins in the first half against the Packers it doesn't matter that we haven't seen Rashard Lawrence the guys on this roster are here for a reason so the onus is on them to step up their game do their job they want to play so when there's an opportunity to play go out and play and get the job done and it's very simple as Ron Wolfley likes to say the game of football is about blocking and tackling Catching the football, running the football, throwing the football.
1: And sometimes it's played between the ears. you got to be smart. Um, you know, techniques, uh, people, you know, I used to hear this all day, we're going to get better today. But you see it out there. They The reps, they just go through rep, rep, rep. And, you know, what happened at the end of the game, Against the Packers, hopefully they learn from that because you don't want to be doing that stuff when you get to December or possibly if they get to the postseason in January.
0: Week nine, Levi's Stadium, Cardinals at seven and one. Play the 49ers, who come in with a record of three and four. They started off. 2-0, and lost four in a row, and now are back in the win column. But this one begins at 2.25 on Sunday, 9.30 a.m. Pre-game coverage begins here on the Arizona Cardinals radio network. Cardinals 2-0 and in the division, 4-0 and on the road. But more importantly, I'd be happy with just a 3 nothing win just to get this team back in the win column and some – uh, this, this, the, the good vibes, if you will, because it was such a fun start. Seven straight wins. You knew it wasn't going to be 17 and 0. Yet, not that the sky is falling, but we all want to know how does this team respond after its first loss.
1: Well, we talk about when, when the games are supposed to. But this is a division game, so throw out the records. They know each other. They know whether your strengths and weaknesses, etc. So, and give them, give them credit. Beat them 17 to 10. They're not always going to score 35, 40 points. They were able to do that against the Rams. I guarantee the Rams will be a different team on Monday Night Football in December. So, uh, you got the Panthers coming up. You got the Lions coming up. You know, you got the Seahawks twice. Win the games you're supposed to,
0: and then get to the bye week. You've got three more games before this team can really get some much-needed rest. It is a late bye week. Thanksgiving week, I believe it's the latest bye week that you can have. And the Cardinals haven't really been this – they haven't had bye weeks this late in the season. Usually it's been in the middle, 8, 9, or 10, right? Correct. Although I'll go back to last season. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers yeah. had a late bye week. Was it week 13? And I think it, that sounds familiar, but they didn't lose. No. Again,
1: after the bye week. Well, they didn't lose after the loss to the Chiefs. <laughs> That's true. That was a blessing in disguise. That's what Todd Bowles said. He said, our guys were shocked when they got in the locker room. And he said – we're gonna play him again, don't worry. All right, before we head on out of here on this
0: Thursday, and I know, you know, Mike jurecki has got some homework to do with his three keys to victory, the X Factory and Intangible for Friday's show, episode six of Cardinals Folk Tales. Hundred and four yards, victory and a vote debuted on Wednesday. It's a look back at the stadium votes and Aeneas Williams's record tie and fumble return to upset Washington just two days earlier and how much that might have played a factor in that vote passing, you can go to youtube.com slash Cardinals to watch it, and then there's an original podcast available by searching Cardinals Folktales
1: at your favorite podcast provider. I lived it. Um, I was all for the Cardinals getting a stadium, and, and, and again, I know that those days could be over when it comes to public funding, but they had a mechanism when it came to hotel tax, which is our number one industry, is, is um, you know, uh, tourism, and then they had the, the car tax um, sub-fee, uh, and if you lived here, you didn't have to pay for it. So, I like the idea, but uh, there's no doubt in my mind, and I, and I got a chance to watch it uh, this morning, and Darren Urban's right on. Uh, they don't win that game. I mean, this thing was fifty-one forty-nine. 49 I mean, and the Cardinals went door-to-door, shaking hands, kissing babies. I mean, that's Saturday before the game, and uh, I believe in momentum, and it carried over to the, to the polls. So, uh, we wouldn't be having this conversation. This is 16th year at State Farm State, and the biggest thing is Anthony Edwards hit on it. They didn't have the revenue streams. They And, and Mark Maddox, who, who obviously was, caused a fumble on Stephen Davis, he said, we, we want to have our own home. And look look all the great events we've had at State Farm State, not only the Cardinals, Fiesta Bowls, Super Bowls. Uh, Final Four. Final Four bowl games. So International soccer. Thank you for everyone that voted because uh, – uh, this team wouldn't be here, I don't think, if they didn't get a stadium.
0: It's a fascinating look back, which all of
1: these Cardinals
0: folktales have been, but then you watch and you listen and you hear things that remind you, bring you back to memories, and then some great footage from the past because I noticed Rob Fredrickson in some B-roll knocking on doors, and it's been a while. I don't think I've – I i do not remember Rob Fredrickson in a Cardinals uniform. Fifty-eight.
1: Yeah. I remember him. So and then you you had um Drew Lacava and, and a young Michael Bidwell. Um, Henry Lopez was in there. Uh, Gina Gary, um, Jeff Kennedy, yeah, yeah, these are faces and familiar voices that we had in the Valley for years, and God bless all those guys.
0: 104 yards, victory, and a vote. Episode 6 of Cardinals Folk Tales. Go to YouTube.com slash AZCardinals for all Cardinals Folk Tales in case you missed episodes 1 through 5 and the original podcast and written articles on AZCardinals.com.